generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding Welcome in, you're listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. A little bit of a different setup for us today, Mikey. We are at the Attention Seeker in the studio trying something a little bit different. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Fancy lighting. Cameras. Cameras everywhere. Good looking people. Right down the barrel there. Good looking people behind us that people can't see on the camera. But then also this man on screen as well, been pretty important over the last 24 hours because the chat has started again about the official cash rate going up. Has the phone been ringing, mate? Um, the girl who is in my office, who's like my right hand on admin stuff, said it was her busiest day she's ever had. Today? Today. Really? She's never done so many breaking and refixing loans, ever. Wow, so people are ringing up and they're saying, look, I want to <clears throat> break my loan and fix, like what, so talk us through that? How's yeah, that so, I mean, we've been pretty pro- proactive over the last few months trying to get the knowledge out there that rates are rising. And um, I mean, some people take action, some people don't. And obviously with the announcement yesterday, people are like, shit, I'm not actually due until February or April next year, but I want to get ahead of it. Uh. So they're breaking their loans early and taking whatever rates on the table now and locking it in. So, you know, all the news out yesterday from old Adrian up there was basically there's more coming. Yeah. So they might be on, say, a rate of... 4.5% 4.5% through to February next year and they're like, I don't want to wait till February next year to find out that it's going to be 7.7%. Yeah, give me a six right now. And because the interest rates haven't changed at the time of recording this, haven't really moved since the OCR went No, up. well, what was funny about that is I reckon like 70% of the the rise was already priced in due to the high inflation print like four weeks ago yeah. and rates took a massive jump then. Gotcha. So we haven't even seen any rates move yet. So this interesting thing for me yesterday with the official cash rate going up by the largest increase in history, right? Since the OCR has been a tool, Mm. 0.75%. Basically, Adrian was staring down the barrel, looking at people in New Zealand saying, expect more in 2023. This OCR official cash rate is going to go to 5.5%. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday was a really interesting one to listen to him talk about because he basically just... Like inflation's not transitory anymore. They got that wrong. Massively wrong. Um, Shock. Yeah, he he basically said, without saying sorry, we didn't expect this. That basically everything was wrong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, inflation's here, and we're going to fight it at all costs. Because each time they do one of these announcements, they basically reforecast 
inflation, they reforecast where the official cash rate will go and they reforecast where the prices of homes will go, amongst other things. Employment, yeah. unemployment, sorry. And in when I had a look, it looked like they, they've changed so much from August it's to November. Huge changes. Yeah. Like they've actually I think I don't have it in front of me, but I think they had inflation going higher. Yes, wow. Which is sense. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean if we get an OCR, official cash rate of 5.5% next year, what if I went and brought a house next year, yeah. say... It'd it be does, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary thing for some people. House prices are going to come down maybe, right? But um, what sort of interest rate do you reckon I'll be paying if I just wanted to float the whole bad boy? I mean, there's a good chance that Adrian's wrong, eh? Really? Yeah, because he's been wrong all the way to this point and now he's flipped. Yeah. <laughs> and like, now he might be wrong to the upside i think i mean i talked about this i was on the radio yesterday mate talked about this on the radio we've got and and we've brushed over this during the week there's 70 billion worth of home loans about on around a three to 3.2 percent rate that are due to roll off in the next six months and then there's another 90 billion after that already standing mortgages that are gonna roll off the following six months um it sucks a huge amount out of the economy and i just don't like yesterday adrian guaranteed a recession yeah he said it's probably he's talking about it being shallow and light and all of this stuff but he was like nah it's coming 2023 it's pretty much a guarantee can't remember if he said three or four quarters so a long shallow was what he was describing um but if it goes from shallow to deep they'll drop rates hmm I don't know if that's, you know, the problem is, is there's a they're walking a tightrope with re-stimulating by dropping rates and not having and doing that while inflation's not under control yet. So, I mean, it's hard to say, but if you buy at the peak of rates, it's probably going to be an eight. Yeah, eight percent, eight percent rate. <laughs> Cup that. If if they get to where they're saying, yeah. I'm not sure they can get there. I think they might be forced to lower rates, but I've also have seen no indication that inflation is under control. Last time I said, it feels like to me that more people have woken up to something's going on here, but this time I'm like, wow, there's way more people talking about it. And maybe it's just because we enjoy this space, we're thinking about it, we're anticipating it, but for 48 hours, it seems like a lot of talk is gonna be OCR. He was on media this morning, there's you know, get a financial advisor to talk about what you could be doing and it's the, you know, buy one less coffee and tighten the purse strings and all this sort of stuff. Mm. It's never really like grow, you know, go the nah, other way. No one does that stuff anyway. I I said yesterday that we're a uh, we're a reactive bunch, not a proactive bunch. So yeah. we'll just we'll tighten the purse strings and stop buying coffee when we're forced to. It did make me wonder his language seemed way more like direct and in your face and kinda It was a pretty what they call uh hawkish yeah <laughs> like pretty downbeat mm. presentation of what he was doing you know like he was very serious and it's like right bad things are coming i'm admitting it like there's a recession and we're going to keep jacking rates into the recession get ready yeah so i wonder like part of me's skeptical eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah same <laughs> because but, yeah like how have they not known this? Is that that's what I don't understand? Like they've got more data than anyone. They can't be stupid. They can't be like optimistically hoping that this didn't happen. They've people have known we're going in this direction, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like 
you know what? Yeah, it's not it's not transitory. Inflation's going to be higher. We're lifting rates. We're going to lift them higher. It's a recession. Deal with it. Get on with it. What do you want us to do about it? It feels feels really crock because in 2020 and 2021, they did the opposite and basically said, go for your lives on cheap money. Mm. Go get drunk on it, man. Just have as much as you like. It's so cheap. And now they've gone like naughty. Yeah. You're going broke now. Fuck yeah. And this morning I watched her, Adrian get interviewed and they said, is this going to force some Kiwis to lose their homes? And he's basically just like, yeah, there will be some people that are that borrowed money at the height of the housing market that are going to have to figure out for themselves how they're going to be able to afford their properties. Mm. And I don't reckon, like in New Zealand, we don't really like that language. We don't like people to fail. That's nah. the school system now is like achieved merit, excellence, all that stuff. It's like literally admitting, yeah, hey, and it was kind of this way more brash in your face rather than, oh, we hope that's not the case. It was basically like, yes. And I just wonder, are they maybe getting out some of the inevitable are they getting it out of the way bringing it forward this is where i become like a bit um contrarian yeah but i'm like (laughs) is it because there's an election in september maybe next year so it's like let's not wait till september next year or august or down the track to be like hey this is the reality like let's get people realizing that's what we're going into so there's no real surprises and then it's a level playing field for both political parties to be like You've known for nine months now that we're heading into a recession. Come and vote for who you think is going to best lead us through this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just... You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? <laughs> I just don't... It's pretty, yeah. I've gone no, down well, a rabbit hole there. The RBNZ are definitely uh, meant to be an independent, non-political... Meant to be, they are. <laughs> yeah. <What>? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Please use, can you please use facts on that, this? That threw me. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're independent of any government, right? So, But I guess actually a lot of people probably don't understand that, right? They think that this is like a, um, a government department. We're he got, really, he not, got asked and he said, that's why we do five-year terms. So we're guaranteed to go across any change. Gotcha. So, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. It's interesting, mate. I just, the language used yesterday could also, and how sort of, not grumpy, but how sort of downtrodden he was talking, can also be a play to like, like wake up, like yeah. get ready, and then it might not happen because people do move on, yeah. you know, fear. The the way I termed it was just like begging Kiwis to stop spending as much. Um, <laughs> it's like they're sitting up there begging. He was, stop. yeah. He's like, stop it, yeah. Um, mm. But I noticed, I think ANZ came out, Sharon at ANZ came out straight after and said, oh, we're upping our forecast to 5.75 now. The OCR forecast? Yeah. Oh, shit. So higher than an yes. old Adrian Burr. Oh. <laughs> so it's because pretty grunty. they've been doing that previously too, right? Well, they were, ANZ seemed to be the sort of first ones that were public about RBNZ's undershooting this. We're yep. going forecasting much higher. Um, and yeah, now they're saying higher again. So maybe, like, they're the ones that have been the most right, sort of. I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look good on mortgage rates. It certainly won't be good on home values, unfortunately, for people. Mm. Um, so that be- that's because as the interest rates rise, <clears throat> it's more expensive to service a mortgage. It means some people come out of being a potential buyer because they simply can't afford it. And also people go, that seems too expensive based on that level of house price and therefore how much debt I'll need and therefore what my repayments are. I might sit back and wait a bit 
Yeah, I think even even it's getting to the point now where like houses seem like they're more valuable again. Like you can get decent houses for what seems like better prices than certainly last year. I've seen some much better prices, but people just simply can't get access to the credit. Mm. You know, like a whole lot of people on a, you know medium household incomes that could buy in 2020, 2021 are completely blown out now. Yeah, and they just can't get access to the lending, and so there's a gap between seller and buyer still. Now they've been increasing the rate by either zero point two five percent or five or point five percent. This yeah. is the first time I've seen a point seven five percent. I think it's the first time since the OCR was introduced in eighty nine or seven or whatever. Yeah, it might be ninety so nine. Yeah, I can't it? remember. Yeah. It's something hey, historic. Yeah, let's just say since it was introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, but you know, remember right at the start of a lot of these podcasts, I was like, why don't they just man up and do one point five percent? Well, interestingly, and we've got there eventually. But at the last meeting, not the yesterday one, at the last meeting, he said the committee talked about fifty and seventy-five basis points, and they were close to doing a seventy-five, but we felt fifty was fine. Then we had, a month later, we had the inflation figure that came out that was much higher. And then me and you did the podcast and I said, this guarantees a 75 at the next one. That happened yesterday. Yesterday, he basically sh- like showed his hand and said inflation's definitely higher than we like and we're going to fight it. And we had discussions around a 75 and 100. Yeah. And we nearly went the 100. The market was actually pricing in, I think, like a 25% chance of 100 wow. in terms of like betting odds. Yeah. Um, so, might so we might like if I don't think we're going to have a better inflation print in January. January twenty fifth is the next one, and if that's got an eight in front of it, man, February fifteenth or whenever the next OCR is, is a hundred. Well, I went to buy some personal black liquid. I didn't actually tested my partner. She was going <laughs> to sort that, but she said it's fifteen dollars now. It used to be nine dollars. What is personal black liquid? <laughs> personal. Oh, personal. Yeah. <laughs> Not personal black liquid. That could be anything. <laughs> yeah, was, it could be some about, sort like, of oil, alcohol. Yeah, uh, Karuba. Yeah. No. So the personal stuff that we get, she's like, I just can't justify getting that. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah. And I think I put it on um, the keep the change Instagram, and someone was like, Nah, you you're out the gate, mate. You need to buy this one. Mm. And so I found an alternative, but that's fifty percent inflation. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's done that, and also when we get inflation figures. They are year on year, right? So then it's... They're compounding. Okay, this is really important to explain. Yeah. So if we have a... Um, let's just say that the annual CPI is 7.5 and then inflation comes down on the following year, it's 5. So if we start with $100 for that first year, prices went up 7.5%. They went up to $107.50 for the thing that would have cost 100 a year ago. Then inflation's come down and everyone thinks, oh, it's coming down, that's so good. But then the, the price has still gone up by 5% on top of that starting price. Yeah. So yeah. prices aren't coming down. It's it's not actually deflation, it's disinflation. So mm. it's just inflation coming in slower, Yeah. which isn't good, which is why they need to get on top of it because like shit's already expensive. And even if we have five, then five, then 4.5, then 4.4, 4.3 like it only takes like go look at warren buffett's like annual record and watch him when he gets to 60 years old at like 10 12 percent a year and he goes from like multi-millionaire to multi multi multi-billionaire mm. and it starts compounding really quick eh? and then that's how you lose a currency yeah 
Cool. Yeah. What, what do you mean lose a currency? We'll just move the Aussie dolly, mate. Oh, yeah. really? Just, <laughs> yeah. No more New Zealand, New Zealand dollars. New Zealand dollars trash. And we just roll it into the... the, the Unfortunately, Australia. all the currencies are doing it, so we're all in the same boat in that regard. But a lot of the world will get uh, US dollarized through this period, I reckon. Um, but you can see it happening in certain South American countries, Turkey... Um, I think Sri Lanka had a similar problem, like 50, 60, 100% inflation. Yeah. And, you know, you wake up the next morning and the price of your bread is doubled or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and it's doubled again. Yeah. But you don't get paid it, like, into, on a daily basis. Mm. So you just, get, you just get fucked. And that's why, although it feels horrible to have rates being jacked on us, if we don't slow down our demand... Old Adrian will do it for you because it's the risk of losing the currency. But where it gets weird is only one third of people have got a mortgage. Mm -hmm. So then it's the flow on effect of rising interest rates. Now, and for businesses, most debt in business is actually on some sort of floating rate. Like yeah. it, I think proportionally compared to households, a lot more is floating. So they're exposed to the OCR a lot more than personal households because they can fix. But um, you know, vehicle finance is doubling in price, same as, as real estate and whatnot. But those impacts get, once a business that's really clued up, if they want to pass that cost on, they do it really quickly. So then prices go up again, so then people are paying more. But then we've got one third of the country that are like, well, I've got a mortgage, this is impacting me. But then two thirds like, well, this doesn't really impact me because I don't have any debt. One third of people have paid off their home. And then one third of people are either like, I can't afford it, I'll never be able to get a house, or um, I don't want a house, I'm happy to rent. But rents you'd expect are probably going to continue to go up too if landlords are like, well, I'm going to try and pass this on in the form of rent, like if they can. That's why, for instance, uh, and I didn't I didn't think we were at a big risk, but I'm two years in my current place, I think I've said this before, when they said, oh, do you want to roll your lease over? I'm like, is it the same price? They're like, yep, my you beauty. We'll stay yeah. here for, we'll stay here for <laughs> another same year. same thing, yeah. Yeah. So it's effectively kind of gotten cheaper for me, but I'd imagine at the end of that next cycle, it could be, oh, actually, you know, your, your rent is going to go up. But if only a third of people have a mortgage, then how does the OCR impact? Like, why does everyone get worried about it when only um, a third of people have a mortgage? It's So it's, the, it's sort of the baseline interest rate that everything is based off all credit in New Zealand. So even the government has a shit ton of debt. Um, and then the market expects to, if they if they buy the debt from the government, so I give the government $100, and that, then I the market expects me to earn four points, I, I expect 4.5% in return or whatever the bond says it is. The government has to pay me that. But as it, the pricing of debt continues everywhere, and the OCR is one of the main sort of drivers of that, they're going to have to reprice at 5.5, then 6.5. So even the the government's debt servicing costs are going up. Yeah. Same with credit cards, same with car loans. You know, like a lot of the car finance companies, all they have is, I mean, not all of them, but they're simplified. All they have is a big giant overdraft facility to bank on low interest rates, and then they just repurpose the money and send it out to the car. Yeah. And they can't fix that lending sometimes. So the pass gets passed on to the person who owns the car and that goes up. So it affects every dollar of debt that's in the system. Yeah. So not just mortgages, it affects credit cards, you know, everything. I think that was one of the first, like not one of the first times, but one of 
times in my life where I remember where I was quite mind blown, where I spoke to someone who does personal finance and they lend money out at 19%. And I'd always thought, I wonder where they get this cash from. Like, they must be minted. Mm. And I was like, oh, where do you, um, like, who's backing this? Where does all this cash come from? Like, how did you make all your money to lend it out? They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, where does the money come from? Nah, like, oh no, we borrow it from, it. Um, yeah, we borrow it from a blue <coughs> bank. I won't say which one, but it starts with B and ends with NZ. And then we just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might not have been there, but I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. But anyway, they're like, yeah, we borrowed at 4% and lend it out at 19. And then we just have a statistic, uh, basically work out a statistic of how many people will fail. But even if that percentage fail, we collect on all these other ones, we'll still guarantee to make money. And I was like, are you serious? Like, yeah, my degree took four years and this seems way simpler. Yeah. It's I mean, that's how it all works. It's just repurpose credit. Someone takes some form of money and then lends it it's on. It's effectively, just keeps going. you know, like, and then... I mean, the banks, in a way, do that with mortgages, mm. and they, but they just secure it against the house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to affect everything. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be a time where we're probably going to see who's who's swimming naked, eh? Because the tide's probably going out next year. I mean, fuck, we've been talking about it for way too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, like, sitting in my office recently being like, man, we're way too early. Like, yeah, but the good thing yeah. is that some people will have taken action and some people will have learnt, but it can be frustrating because it's like you know we're predicting what's going to happen, and then we're like, man, let's be honest, this is probably still eighteen months away, twelve months away, like mm. twenty four, whatever. But at least it gives you like a six month jump, and I still reckon people have got six months to like try and get some of their shit in order. Like if you have a buy now, pay later or a credit card or whatever, your six month goal should just be to try and get rid of that because over summer and stuff, people will keep spending. People are like, turn off the news, turn off the doom and gloom. Just let me live my life. I love summer. Yeah. I'm going to go to a festival. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to get this person this Christmas present. Like you're going to go to things and buy things that are going to fill you back up. And often we do that through consuming. Um, but if you can try and pull yourself away from that before it's like, oh, I've maxed out my credit card, how am I going to fight the tide of this 18% interest rate when I'm struggling to save money because inflation is killing heaps of my purchasing power, then you're like, fuck, I knew I should have been doing something six yeah, months ago. Like, we all know what these basic principles are that we need to do. Um, unfortunately, some people are going to be forced to do them this time around yeah. because we've been getting away with, like, quote-unquote, credit-based consumerism for so long that, um, you know, and every year that it's rolled over for the last 40 years, on average, not technically, debt's got cheaper. Mm. And this is the first time we've had like a structural shift and, you know, that interest rates have gone up 400 basis points in 18 months. So they've gone from 0 0.25 to 4.25. I don't know what percentage that is. A lot. <laughs> like a thousand million percent up but yeah it's it's gonna force some stuff to happen unfortunately and like the way adrian's talking is he's like we're gonna break something first basically before we stop fighting inflation he doesn't say that he doesn't say like yes we're waiting for employment to unwind mm. he really dodges around it but basically if you read between the lines like you can tell it's not good <laughs> yeah someone said when will this stop and i said when something breaks yeah and it's what is the like what break do we it's yeah not to, i mean it's, i'm just gonna say it's kind of like the ram raid stuff where it's like you let it carry on but then what is the breaking point where it's like nah we are doing something about this and i think we're going to have the same thing where 
will keep trying to go down this path by raising interest rates, trying to curb inflation, and then something's going to break and it'll be like, whoa, we can't let that happen. Mm. What can we do to decrease the likelihood that that keeps happening? Okay, we're going to have to unwind again. Or what's that concept where you've got like, there's an optimism bias or like you can't see, because something's been one way for so long, you think that that has to keep happening. But, and oh, so yeah, recency bias. Yeah. So then you yeah. don't. And so we could look back in five years' time and be like, holy shit, remember when we keep thinking eventually they'd have to roll over, but we could be sitting at 8 to 12% interest rates. And it's like, no, nah, that's just. Yeah, well, there's a few bit. people out there that think that's going to come. Mm. You know, and I mean, if we got to 12% interest rates, it's like a certain death of the housing market. So that's why I think that can't happen. But some people say it can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Mate. Fuck, my crystal ball is smashed and foggy and <laughs> fucked up. And <laughs> oh. But, it, yeah, I mean, we talked about it like a month or two ago. I shared that pot on my Instagram story yesterday. Mm. Like, we had this conversation. I said this was definitely going to happen and what it means for next year. And I, I went back and I, because I, I wanted to check what I'd said, you know, and I listened and I said, it's definitely going to be bad for the first six months of 2023. But it could, it will probably be longer, more like 12 to 24 months. And it's like, I feel like it's coming true in front of our eyes. Yeah. And, you know, for the people out there as well, this sounds doom and gloomy, but I also don't really care. Like, it is what it is. We're going to wake up in like 10 years or something and be in like an epic growth period. And if you're lucky enough, you're probably going to be on the planet for 80 years. If you ex- were going to live for 80 years and not expect to have, an economic downturn during your life on the planet, you're an idiot. Yep. Like if you think of it and zoom out like that. Um, so yeah, we just get it. And it might be unfortunate timing for some, but we have to deal with it. And if you are a certain way inclined, it'll be a generational buying opportunity. Yeah. You know, if we do have houses unwind another 10, 20% and interest rates up at 10%, I don't think they'll come, but maybe. Mm. Um, and you can buy there. You're gonna be buying some cheap stock. Yeah, it's I, like it's like buying Amazon back in you know 2004 if you do that because I think over the lifetime of of the average like 35 year old or whatever that's maybe buying their first or second home, the chance that New Zealand in 20 years is gonna still have five million people is pretty low. I think it'll be closer to, to seven or ten. Um, the chance that they're gonna keep raising interest rates until they get to 100% is not a chance. It's not how the fiat money system works. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> so 100% it just rates they, off the table. They'll, they'll trend back to zero at some point. There'll be a black swan where they're forced to do it or, you know, something will happen. Um, unless we have like a big debt jubilee and then everyone's fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is what it is, right? Yeah. And so do we spend too much time worrying about it? Interestingly, what I've seen in this last 24 hours is especially your TikToks and, and and the odd Instagram, it's like, this is all by design, you know, um, we're, we're going towards a CBDC and you'll own nothing and be happy and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, maybe, like, maybe that's true. Like, I don't know. But I think I'm, the central bank digital currency is like really well documented and it's definitely true. But, but even if you believe that or like that this is all designed and stuff, so what, like what, like I'm always like with those people, yeah, so, so what are you going to do? Yeah, if you like, can, well, you're just yeah. going to sit back and watch it and then be like, oh, I told, told you so, but you're still not going to have any money. Like, you're still not going to exactly, be. Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't get it. That's like, why I'm more of like a, I'm so big on like action, just moving forward regardless of the scenario you're in. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I had a, a meeting, I put it on my Instagram story with a, a young girl the other day and she single income, living cheap, 91 grand, had saved up basically 60 grand, 37 in KiwiSaver. And like it doesn't matter what scenario you put her in, she's going to be fine. Because mm. she's just built that way and she'll just keep like walking forward with blinkers on. And if you throw shit at her, like it won't stick. Yeah. Um, and if it all turned into custard and you didn't like the central bank digital currency, she'd find a way to fly out. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, like go somewhere where it doesn't have it or whatever. I don't know. There's, don't I mean, we're going down a rabbit it. hole there. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But I just don't know what good can come of that. Like it's like people give up because, and even we've got some ads running for next advisory and <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, like lean into this recession in these hard times. And people are like, oh, like, you know, what you're full of shit, mate. You know, there's been $2 trillion and the dollar's going and, yeah, and it's just like, well, so... Like, what, so you're going to like close your business still it's on the already, couch? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's what, already very obvious. They increased the M2 broad-based money supply by 20%. Of course, we're going to have inflation. They fucked it up. It was Whether it's a lie or a mistake that it was going to be transitory, mm. up to you to decide. But you're in that scenario now. Yeah. So, like, you've still got to play the game. And, you know, the All Blacks have got heaps of content over the years around we got into this situation in the game we had to keep our cool and be like, what is the outcome? We're focused on outcomes. The outcome is to win. This is what we need to do to win. Mm. And so then they go and execute and do that shit. Mm. I think they're like, oh, the ref hates us. The ref hates us and they keep changing the rules. And That's effectively It's a different it rule is. to the last game. Like, oh, I'm just going to, what are you just going to like sit there or do you walk off the, the paddock? Like, I kind of get that because sometimes I think for the Warriors when I watch them, I'm like, fuck, they should just bin this game and walk off into the change rooms and they'll be like, <laughs> We're sick of this shit. So I kind of get it. It's our year. Yeah. Damn it. So I can see why people think like that. But I, a couple of things that I practice, I, I know it sounds really easy for me to say, to say to people, hey, actually get excited about this time we're going into because we had this time where it was actually quite easy. Now it's just unfamiliar and uncomfortable. That makes us scared. Mm. But this gives us a massive opportunity to learn, to actually build some resilience, to actually understand what a economic slowdown is like how we react to that what our emotional triggers are all those things so i think you know you want to actually be thinking about okay how can i sort of get something out of this period who do i want to show up and be like during it and at the other side so what are you going to do about your mind and one thing that i do every day just about but have done for years is just write down something that i'm grateful for and we're going to go into a time where there's going to be more smacks in the face and it's going to be easy to be like, fuck that, there's nothing to be grateful for. But we get to wake up each day if we're alive and, and have another crack to go after the things that we want in our life. Like you don't need to participate in the social media conversations around CBDCs and all of that shit if you don't want to. Like maybe you just want to have a good life with your children and, and figure out how to do those things. Like focus on that and try and find ways to be able to do more of that or the things that make you happy rather than like this guy's ruining everything for me and this government and if these ones get in, it's like all of that shit is usually out of your control. So focus on what you can get excited about in your life. Be grateful for the things that you do have and be very careful who you're hanging around because you will have some mates that are struggling to pay their mortgage, have been having to be bailed out by their parents, but you can't. So then you're like, fuck, you know, this is bullshit. Um, you're lucky, I'm not. Like all of that noise has uh, an ability to try and like bring you down and think, yeah, the world is, is coming at you. But we all know that you've got to fight back at some stage and be like, what can I get in control of? What can I turn off? And how can I lean further into this and just get out of it what I need to? Yeah, I think the to react in a negative way and 
curl up in a ball and put your head in the sand. We all know deep down inside it's not the best way to fix a problem, mm. you know? Um, and it doesn't help you find a solution that way either. Yeah. Like the only solution is to just work it out yourself and get moving with it, eh? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still of the headspace. I'm, I'm torn both ways. I'm like, it is odd that you told us to go and have fun with all the debt and stuff and then just like rug pull that from under people. I find that a bit strange. Yeah. For someone that's meant to be so competent and have the best data. A little bit of my brain is like something. But then I just block it there. off. Yeah. But like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I have to, like, I'm here now. Something you know? isn't quite stacking up. No. For sure. For no. like. And I feel sorry for people that will lose their life savings, like first home buyers and stuff, if they get into the scenario where they can't pay their mortgage or something that's not very nice. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, like, there's going to be some lessons learned. And preempt those situations. Like, if. <clears throat> I've got three M's written down here, mind, money, and math. And I think people actually need to do the math on their money mm. to then use their mind to figure out what am I going to do. So what that looks like is if you have a mortgage, if your interest rates are going to increase, you've got to look at, okay, how much money do I have coming in? How much am I going to have going out? What's my shortfall? Look at their repayments now and then look at what they would be on, you know, 8%. Yeah. Don't, and don't then wait find until, out where you're going to get that difference from. Yeah. Don't wait until you haven't made a loan payment because mm. you're going to go into some real heavy anxiety shit then going mm. like, fuck, what happens now? And not many people know. So don't get there. Like preempt the fact that you could get there and then figure out what the solution is. And for some people it might be, hey, you need to go speak to your parents. So it might be bringing a border in or a tenant or something like you're going to have to do some of the things you've never had to do before. I brought another flatmate in, mate. Yeah? Yep. You don't even own? No. <laughs> but I don't sick. have any rent anymore. See <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Is that legal? Shh. Oh, is this, is this going? Will anyone Barfoots aren't listening, are they? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, I, I just, like, I've spent a lot of time, probably over nearly 18 months now, semi-preparing, definitely all of this year preparing. Um... And like now that it's like been basically confirmed by Adrian himself that we're gonna have a year long recession at least, I'm like, my anxiety like does kick in, but it's an, it's the type of anxiety where I sort of get fired up because I'm like, cool, I fucking knew this was coming. So I put like effort into. Yeah, it sounds more like excitement. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Well, I say to clients, you can start a recession anytime you want mm. you literally just start thinking that your business isn't working don't take the action don't follow up the leads like do all of the things that you know you really need to do and in we saw in covid some of our clients were in a depression not a recession and it was like the borders are shut the world's against us this is bullshit i'm not getting any support i was going on linkedin man and watching some of the tourism sector just absolutely lose their minds but in the same time they were ripping to bits other industries and i'm like whoa yeah you don't want to be playing that game like yeah we know you're hurting but don't you know bring down other people but then i speak to other clients and they're like man we can't find enough staff like we've never been this busy and they're just they're in a boom these people are in a depression yeah and then there's some people in the recession in the middle and it's like you kind of have to sometimes choose where <clears throat> you want to try and sit on that scale and then the market will impact what you can or can't do mm. but don't let yourself go down the other end before the market's actually doing it to you yeah, 100%. I mean, 
it's just about like you, I think you have to be really honest with yourself too, and just be like, like what he was saying yesterday. Old Adrian Orr was like, "It's coming." Mm. Like I'm not talking shit, basically, and well, just tell, listen, guys, because to be fair to him, I went back and had a look at like November twenty twenty one notes and he told people to stop taking out leverage on housing of course no one listened yeah i remember you talking about that yeah yeah so in fairness to him 12 months ago he was saying basically like stop it yeah like we're we're doing this because we're supporting the economy and whether you believe that's right or wrong but he did say it and now (laughs) it's basically like right you fuckers you're not listening so i'm gonna ruin it for you well that's what i was just thinking maybe like they they're good at they don't have that consumer economics piece or that psychological piece where it's like, hey guys, can you please stop spending on the Reserve Bank governor? I need you guys to stop buying homes that are overpriced <laughs> at the moment. People are like, mate, fuck off. Who are you? <laughs> and, We're making money over here. <laughs> yeah, like get out of the way, mate. Like, what are you on about? And most people wouldn't even listen anyway. And now he's probably like, how did people not listen? But that's what I was saying all along. Go 1.5, like lift the OCR, like pump it 1.5 straight mm. away. So people are like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, well, we might even get one of those yet. So let's oh, wait and see, eh? Hopefully not. <laughs> hey, are people still getting mortgages though? Yeah, like surprisingly. Yeah, we're doing really good numbers, eh? Um, Do you feel bad saying that? Oh, well, it's not my fault if other brokers aren't doing any good. Good man. I was going to say you shouldn't. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I've been pleasantly surprised. The people that I seem to, the bracket of people that I seem to be noticing doing the moving or taking out loans are people selling their first houses and upsizing. Interesting. Because yeah. um, a lot of those people have been in their homes for like five years or six years and it's time for more room or, you know, more bigger family or whatever the scenario is. And, um, you know, their house might have been worth a million dollars and now it's 900, but the mortgage they have is only four or 500. So they're still clearing a fair chunk of uh, equity out and then moving on to the next one. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, first home buyers, like, first home buyers don't seem to care. They come in and they're like, what's the repayment? I tell them and they're like, okay, well, I'm like, yeah, hang on, we'll just do the financial advice part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's cool, man. Like, honestly, people are just, still buying homes <laughs> i've had a couple of people ask me should i sell my house and i'm like well like, I, don't, I don't i don't want to get in on that but i'm like why are people thinking like that and i think i've asked a couple of them excuse me gee that coke zero is good um <laughs> that they're thinking well maybe i should sell it and then i could like buy it back at a later date and I'm yeah, like, yeah oh yeah. man like that is some real like yeah that is a game yeah, i would not want to be playing if you're doing that then you're also implying that you know what the reserve bank will do and you know what the economy is going to do mm. good luck with that but also like what are you going to do sell it have some sort of gain go renting for a bit and then go and try and buy it back or like buy something else like yeah. i don't really yeah i think so what i, I said like, i can't get involved in this conversation because i don't know where you're coming from but when you're doing housing stuff i tell people all the time like you've got real estate agents fees that cost like 20 30 40 50 grand there's lawyers all the stuff after it all comes out of the wash and you pay off the mortgage and then you go through the process again, it has to be a five-year thing. Yeah. It, don't do it like I'll buy a house one year and then sell it in 12 months' time. And Yeah, I was like, why did you buy it in the first place then if you're yeah. thinking about selling it? 
Like, yeah. what's the it's because we're addicted to the capital gain in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's the number one easy store of value. It always has been so. But well, yeah, forty years, and now we're going yeah. down the other way. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if you want to play that game, go for it. But I think most of the forecast though for house prices, basically, like it's gone like that, and then we went to COVID, and it's gone, and now it's coming back to there, and we're going to end up like they're basically saying that house prices are going to come back to what they were pre-pandemic or in line with their historic mm. growth, right? Well, like you said, 67% of the houses don't need to be sold because they've got no debt on them. Mm. So there's only a certain amount of people. And then the 33% that do have mortgages on them, there's only a 10 or 20% of those that have oversized loans or whatever, not oversized, but loans that are probably going to get near negative equity or whatever it is. And then there's only a certain percentage of those that aren't going to be able to pay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's about 1% loosely, I think it's 0.98% or something, of people that are behind on their mortgage payments. That, that rise. Yeah, and that's historically about yeah. average, so we're not even close to being in trouble. But even if you think about it, one in 100 mortgages mm. are already behind, um, which we're just like, ah, oh, it's only 1%. But I suppose that's always going to happen. There's just things that happen in people's lives that are going to lead to that. I think historically it trends around half a percent anyway. Okay, yeah. So that's even in good times. Mm. So there's just half percent that, you know, some people will get unlucky and lose jobs and not be able to find another one in good times as well. Yeah. It's bad, like it's part of it. So for all, I guess the the thing that is worrying, mate, is that there's a lot of negative chat and kind of like, hey guys, like it all seems quite serious. So then people are, it puts people into a fear mode. And we already know we have high rates in New Zealand of people worrying about money. And then that carries over into their jobs, their relationships. The wealth effect. All of that stuff, right? Yeah. And so this noise is going to keep coming at us. And they have to be non-emotional and non and basically be transactional about it. And be like, hey, well, it's not our fault. This is just our role. Mm. So this shit could keep coming. And it's going to be great for media outlets because it's it's so eye-catching. Media love this shit. Yeah. I can like break it, all the stories right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to have a really high inflation print on January the 25th, around between 7 and 8%. And then the OCR is going to go up another 75 basis points probably in February. And all through those periods, the media is just going to blow shit out of the water like this is never going to stop house prices are going to tumble down to zero like mm. this is the end of the world kind of shit just turn it off yeah like i've already told you what's going to happen <laughs> yeah there should just be no surprises yeah. no nah, you shouldn't be surprised like just listen to the keep change podcast and you know about it six months in advance <laughs> yeah there you go so you can do one of two things one you can just go well it is what it is and you can just see what happens as these things play out. But you should, if you listen to this stuff, you should at least have some insight to the fact that it could happen. Or secondly, you have to decide who you are and what you want to do to try and combat it. Do you want to take any action? Like, you know, I know that not everyone's going to want to do that. But the problem we have as humans is sometimes like we know what we should do, but then we still don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I should probably be exercising more this week. I probably shouldn't be drinking this Coke. Fuck, man, I'm I'm really good in certain areas and other areas I'm terrible. I was thinking about this today. I was like, I need to work on the whole package more, eh? Because I do. <laughs> Mikey's whole package. Yeah, well, like, you you know yourself. Get it out, mate. What is the whole package? Oh, I need to go and stop being a fat fuck, eh? And go <laughs> lose some weight and be healthier. <laughs> the man is having a breakthrough over here. Yeah, but, like, you know, I'm really good in other areas, like finances and stuff, how I look after and plan out. Yeah. I'm probably would cons I'm proud of it. Mm. you know but 
Yeah, there's all sorts of other things. And everyone knows the things that they need to do. You just need to actually act. Yeah, and your brain is like, no, nah, you don't need to do it. Like, I'm, I'm house-sitting at the moment, and every day I've been like, okay, I'm going to get in the ocean for two minutes every morning. Yeah. And shit, it is cold. But I know it ain't that cold. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've been in colder water. Yeah, yeah. But my brain's still like, ah, oh, you like know, like, maybe go later. <laughs> get a coffee first, you coward. Yeah. Oh, go to the cafe. <laughs> Start procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've got myself in there, and I felt so good on the other side. And then I'm still like, oh, I might have a spa afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, softy but also i think for people to remember there's i say this like so many times there's never been more money in supply it's slowly been sucked out the boomers they've got it the older people they've got more money like give them some form of convenience you can take some cash off them adrian i think he gets paid close to 800k he probably wants you to mow his lawns he probably can't be fucked doing that because he's ironing his shirt that he wears you could get a double down and do his batch too do his batch as well But think, okay, who's got the cash? Who's got the wealth? Who's going to keep spending? And that can be, that can unlock for you like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. Old, you know, Janice down there in the cul-de-sac. Her gardens and shit are overrun. Quick knock on the door. Do you want my kids to do it for you? Use your kids. I don't know, is that like illegal? I'm not sure. <laughs> but pay them $3 an hour. <laughs> Slave this, made, this could be illegal, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do everything within the law, of course. But, you know, like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it with your kids or something? Like, we're happy to do this shit when it comes to fundraising for a school. But when we're like, fuck, should I fundraise to keep my house? We're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> we should wrap this one up. Yeah, we need to put a stop to this one. Rightio. The OCR is going up and so do our action levels as well. As always, the Keep the Change podcast. You'll hear it six or nine months in advance. There's more to come in this space. Thank you, as always, Mikey. Insightful stuff, mate. I'm excited for it. Let's roll, mate. 2023, bring it on. Trying to kiss me right and dirty. Trying to kiss me right and dirty.